The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this month of October 2018, we are again uh, watching horror movies for the month. Although the first movie of our month started with horror for us, Horrible. not so much for the movie. But uh, we had to watch Boo 2, Medea Halloween. Um, last week we watched our last episode. We watched Lake Mungo. Um, which was an indie film from the After Dark Festival uh, set from Australia that was really, really compelling and a uh, different type of horror movie. Um, it was more of a drama horror. Now, this movie, though, the movie for this episode, is a classic uh, that I had not seen since I was, I think, too young to watch it. Um, and it is a friend of the podcast, Matt Hudson, from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk, favorite film, The Exorcist. Um and I've been meaning to revisit this. I, there were scenes that were keeping me from it, and I have to admit, one of those scenes uh, disturbed me greatly and knew it was going to uh, go into it. I almost threw up. Yeah. Um, but directed by William Friedkin, uh, stars Ellen Burstyn, Max von Sydow, Linda Blair, um, Lee J. Cobb, and I think that's the gist of the big names. Oh, oh, wait. I think the biggest name is, or not the biggest name, but maybe the biggest character I'm leaving off here is uh, Jason Miller, um, who plays Father Karras. Um, we'll get into our review of this movie in a little bit, um, but that's what our episode is going to focus on. If you've never listened to the show, here comes the premise. Uh, Corey and I are both big movie fans, but we have a lot of movies on our gap list. Uh, we started doing this podcast almost two years ago um, in an effort to knock some of these movies off of our list. And then uh, we've done some episodes with movies that we didn't want to do, like Boo to Medea Halloween. Um, and... The general idea is that we alternate picking the week's movie, and we try to pick one that we have not seen, or, in the case of The Exorcist, we both saw, but we saw so long ago, it was deserving of a revisit, especially um, for myself, and I'm pretty sure Corey's now in the same place. I know my uh, my movie-watching eyes are much wiser now than when, they, uh, when I was young, so I like to revisit some stuff from my youth to see how it sits with me as an adult, and uh, this was one that... I, I was so traumatized by just a few scenes as a kid. Like I don't the scene that really messed me up this time. I don't think I saw as a kid, but I knew about it as an adult, um, having seen like clips of the of the Exorcist throughout various uh, top ten lists and things like that. Um, so, anyways, we'll get into that in a little bit. We like to you know talk for a minute. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm doing well it's my favorite month and i don't know if i told you but tuesday i get to go see beetlejuice yeah um, uh, you didn't but they're doing that for flashback cinema here in two weeks um and court uh taylor's never seen <gasps> beetlejuice um not to my what? fault i've i bought it years ago but she's just never been really in it uh, the reason why she's really interested in it right now is because she's become a huge fan of heathers and winota being the big part of that so um and and we're going to, so Bill and I are going to go see that Tuesday, and then Saturday we're going to see The Shining. We have, um... I haven't seen that. Oh, I know. This will be my third time seeing it in theaters. And 
Bill's not going with me this time. It's friends because Bill uh, went with me two years in a row. And he's like, how many times are we going to see this in the theaters? Every time it every screens. Time. <laughs> every time. Um, I don't know if I've told you we have Boise Classic Movies. Um, everyone should come visit me, including you, John. But we have the Egyptian Theater, which is a... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it's in the middle of downtown and they do Boise classic movies there and they do a lot of really cool things. I'm unfortunately not going to get to see the, uh, screening of Rocky horror picture show because the 21 and over crowd, uh, already sold out. <laughs> so I'm a little sad about that, but yeah, our, uh, the Polk theater here does the Rocky horror and I've heard that sold out here too. Um, I think Mike and, and Kathy actually had talked about going and then they found out it was sold out already. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have Beetlejuice, um, and then we have The Shining, and I think, I'm trying to remember what this coming weekend is, um, oh, I think it's Rear Window this weekend for Flashback Ooh. Cinema, which is one of my favorite Hitchcock films, so I, I really would like to go see it on the big screen, um, I don't know if I'm gonna have time, I'm definitely gonna take Taylor to see Beetlejuice, though, um, because one, uh, they are still talking about doing the sequel, and Michael Keaton's in on the sequel, so... I if thought it, that everybody was in... I believe everybody, but I don't know what the sequel is, so I don't know if everyone would be included, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Um, but uh, they've been talking about it for years, though, but I've, I've heard that it's in production now. Um, I don't know if that's still uh, the case, but um, Taylor's definitely never seen it, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Now, have you seen anything uh, this week? Yes. I rewatched Pet Cemetery 1 and 2. Ooh. And I've been wanting to rewatch them, and then you asked me if I saw the trailer, and I totally forgot about that remake. Uh, it was happening. I haven't been keeping up with it, but after watching the, you know, the original movies, I can definitely see where there's some room for improvement. Not saying yeah. that I don't enjoy them, and that they wouldn't always hold a special place in my heart, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, they were uh, low budget, and yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. And then I started watching Carnival of Souls today, which mm. um, I bought from the Criterion sale probably a couple years ago, and I tried watching it before and just wasn't into it, but I didn't realize that it was filmed at the Saltaire and on the Great Salt Lake, which this was back in the 50s or 60s, so um, it's like more how the original Saltaire is, which now is like a concert venue, but it used to be like a huge boardwalk with like games and rides and I think a Ferris wheel, kind of like Jersey, like you think that boardwalk in Jersey. Um, but it burned down a couple times so they didn't rebuild, but it's really cool seeing it like this. And I love that place anyway, so. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I not, I'm not watching like the 30 horror movies kind of thing. Um, like the oh, there's a challenge every year of watching 31 horror movies in 31 days, um, yeah. or some variation. I I did it the last two years. I just knew my schedule was not going to allow. And um, honestly, one of the issues that I run into doing it is I try to review new movies, and there isn't always a uh, way to fit in the new movies and the horror movies. Um, so I decided this year to just take it easy. But I still have seen, um, I think more horror movies this month than I was planning. But I, I went and saw Halloween in the theater with my daughter, which I mentioned on our last episode really? of Top 5 Movie. Um, I was really excited about, and I'm hoping to... Uh, um, I really want to... I bought... Um, I can't think of if, if what it's called, but I bought a horror movie that Edgar Wright recommended on Criterion. Something Without a Face. I can't think of 
the name of it. And I'm like, I can't read it from where I'm sitting on my in my room here. Uh, I can see the cover, but I can't read the name. But anyways, I'm, I might try to watch that because that's supposed to be a really crazy horror French film. Um, oh, you know what I'm talking I, about? Yeah, is I think it about you bought the it too. Doctor not, Eyes I, Without a Face. Eyes Without a Face. Um, no, I don't no. think. Oh, this one I've wanted to buy ah. multiple times, and I always put it back. But it's from 1962. It's a drama fantasy. Oh, well then maybe I'm. I don't know. Maybe that's not it. I thought it was a horror, but anyways, um, I I watched uh, today though. Speaking of new movies, I watched the uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, um, and I I liked it a lot. I I don't I didn't love it, um, and I I don't know why. To be honest, I can't place. It was just missing something to make me like really over the top about it, but um, definitely enjoyed it. Definitely thought it was uh, some really great performances. Couple of uh, I would uh, to me they were new. Um, I'm not I haven't looked into it, but there's a Lewis Pullman is um, plays like the bellhop, which he was the biggest like kind of surprise for me. I don't know if he's related to Bill Pullman or not. I haven't done any research to find out if he's like a son or cousin or whatever. But he was. A standout and kind of breakout performance and then john ham um oh, continues so to great. wow me in everything he's in and i just i want him to get uh, uh some more lead roles he doesn't seem to get any really big lead roles on um for big budget movies uh i mean technically he was a lead in tag but he was still like a a secondary character and then um this movie it's an ensemble cast so everybody gets kind of it's actually a really interesting ensemble cast to the way it plays out um, but Jeff Bridges was, I think my, I think he might have been my favorite part. Um, I like Bridges a lot of times, anyways. But something about older Jeff Bridges is just working for me. Um, I loved him in Hell or High Water. Uh, I think it. He's kind of, I don't know. He he's just really great in this movie. And I've never noticed how blue his eyes are. I don't know if that was like this movie made his eyes super blue or if they're always this blue. But like they were like. I was just, like, stunned. I was like, man, his eyes are blue. Like, those are some blue eyes I've never noticed. Uh, and I, I, I really like Bad Times at El Royale. Again, I wish I could put my finger on why I don't, l- like, love it, why I'm not comfortable, like, raving about it. Um, there's something just... Maybe the pacing, it's it's a little long. It's two hours and 15 minutes. Um, and it it doesn't drag. Like, I don't feel like it drags or anything. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just something that... Uh, it stopped me and there's some really cool visuals um i don't know there's something that just didn't grab me enough to make me over the moon excited about it but um, oh my gosh jeff bridges has been married to his wife for 40 years oh wow that's awesome that's not something you hear about in hollywood very often uh you i thought you were gonna say he's had 40 wives and i was like oh well that's no no (laughs) that's that's awesome um What's your secret, Jeff Bridges? Tell us. Uh, <laughs> and I, I imagine it would be the dude abides. The dude abides. Um, well, that's what we've been watching, I guess. Uh, it's been a, a light week for me. I've had a busy, busy week. I also, um, I will say, we you've mentioned TV a few times. Um, I, I am watching Psych uh, and I, as I work, basically. it's I've found it, it's a show that I've never seen. I usually don't put on movies or TV shows I've never seen while I'm doing other things, um, but Psych, I, I kind of threw on then that with that in mind that I would just uh, use it as a background show, and it does pull me away from my work every once in a while, but 
it's also a, I really enjoy it. I'm really really raving about how awesome James Roday is. Um, if you skip Psych like me, I recommend it. It's on Prime right now. But the other thing I've been doing, what's been eating up a lot of my movie watching time, um, not a lot to be honest, because I am so freaking busy right now. But um, I bought a PS4 so I could play the Spider-Man game, Corey, because I love Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, and the game's great. Uh, so when it, when I've had free time, I've been trying to play that. Um, I've not had a lot of it, so I haven't played too much. But um, And again, I mentioned on Top 5 this, this particular week that we're recording. Uh, we're recording this very early for Movie Club. Usually we record the Friday before it drops. We're recording this a week before it drops um, because we, we have a lot going on this week, too, uh, in our personal lives. So we're fitting it in when we can fit it in. But... Um, but yeah, the game has, uh, when I'm getting some free time to play it, I'm choosing that where I usually would choose a movie, uh, to watch because I have so many things I, I want to watch and I just still have not, uh, made it to all of them. So one day, one day at a time, right? It's all we can do. But yes, um, with that, I think, uh, unless Corey, there's anything else, it's time to get into our initial thoughts on The Exorcist. So if you've never listened, again, we, we gave some uh, preamble earlier, but um, I, I also broke format and I, I gave all the, the stats at the beginning of the episode, which I don't usually do, uh, but I think because we're recording after a very long top five episode, my brain's a little scattered. Um, I do want to point out, though, that uh, we start the review with something spoiler-free. We give our initial impressions. We don't talk anything specific. Um, unless it's in the beginning of the film or something that we consider to be common knowledge because it was in a trailer or something like that. Um, and then Corey will give a proper spoiler warning, and then we'll go full into the movie. So at that point, if you haven't watched The Exorcist and you are averse to spoilers, you'll either want to stop the episode and go watch it, or, um, you know, never watch it again because it will be spoiled for you. So, um, Corey, what were your initial thoughts on The Exorcist? Mm. Um, I don't think that I was, I feel like, how can I say this? I feel like (laughs) this can come off so offensively, but I, I don't usually like possession movies anyways. There's like one or two movies that are, you know, have bypassed that, but I feel like with subject matter like this sometimes I mean our main characters are not religious but if I don't I don't even know how to say this like I said without being offensive I'm not religious so these things don't scare you I don't yeah they they're not I don't know I've said before that I think that things that could truly happen that I would it could possibly have happened to me are scary to me and something like this it's hard for me to kind of get in that space with it but i mean i can i see where you're coming from for sure but at the same time like you've never been scared by like a monster movie where like it's unlikely the monster will exist yet it still scares you or zombies scare me a little bit but it's hard for me to get scared too okay um now i will say uh, I went into this movie thinking I was I would be maybe terrified, um, and honestly, I wasn't really scared. Uh, however, I do think this is an excellent film. Like, um, 
and I do I think atmospherically it's very it's oh, it's scary yes. it's creepy uh, it's disturbing at, at maybe that's not a word I, I think sometimes we, we expect horror to mean scared but I think horror can be disturbing and this movie even again if you don't share the religious beliefs that uh, would bring about the possibilities of the film um, the the imagery and the um, the the little girl turning into a monster is horrifying in and of itself. Um, which again, I feel like that, I guess could be argued that's a spoiler, but cause it, it, I was surprised at how long it took to get to that in the movie. Yes. And it seemed like it was very slow at the beginning. And then once it got started with that, that it went by very quickly. Yeah. And I, I didn't ever pause it to figure out how long, I had to pause it because I had been watching it for so long and I had to go to the restroom. So I paused it and it was a minute, uh, an hour and 47 minutes and I only had like 13 minutes. And I'm like, are you serious? But I couldn't hold it anymore. But, yeah. You know, I was worried because um, we we went uh, last night when we watched this movie. Um, my uh, my wife actually watched this with me, which was surprising. Wow. Um, and I do want to point out, uh, I did an Instagram poll of how scary do you think uh, The Exorcist is? And while it's hard to, like, recant the number because it's the meter on uh, Instagram, um, I would say the average is halfway now, um, with a few people, including uh, Matt from What I Watched Tonight, giving it a full, like, bar, like, it's horrifying. And then a few people uh, barely dinging it, like, almost like, it looks like they touched the dot and let it go, Um, you know, just barely moving it up the the scale list. And uh, I I, I did that while I was watching it, and I was kind of curious because... It took a while to ever even get into the imagery that was scary. But again, I'm not... I never felt bored. I never felt like it dragged. I never felt like it was slow. Um, I will say, much like Lake Mungo last week, when I left this movie, I it was with me. Like, there was a sense of still, like, dread. And um, it, it there's a lot of... I mean, it kind of ends with a lot of sadness in some ways. Um, and I was... I, I have a lot of questions I want to talk about in spoilers about plot points and a few things that I thought were confusing with the delivery of the narrative um and I'm not sure if I just was like maybe I was out of it because uh we had a busy weekend Corey and I do feel like I think the context in which we watch a movie is important um so I want to set that up for for the listeners and for you for a second so Friday night um I'm in my my man cave uh, I think I'm playing spider-man and it's like 11 o'clock and Kathy's Kathy had a long week. She was, she worked in Brandon two nights and like, uh, she stayed overnight one night, but then didn't get home to like 1am the Holy second hell. night. It was really, really late night. And then, um, so Friday night is like, she's ready to go to bed. Basically it's like 11. I'm, I'm playing video games or whatever. And then I hear her on the phone and I hear someone on the speakerphone, uh, just, upset like really really upset like crying and and barely audible like barely barely uh sensible english coming out of their mouths because it's so bad and i'm not sure who it is and i'm not going to say names or anything like that but my wife ends up having to go and deal with uh, um an accident uh everyone luckily is okay involved but a lot of a lot of stuff and so she ends up being gone until um seven in the morning holy sh yeah, and uh, I stayed up till three, expecting her home, and then eventually I, I just I couldn't sleep. Beat me, I couldn't stay awake anymore. Um, so she, I woke up at seven when she got home, which um, 
I, and I was like, All right, did you just get here? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And she, because of things, she ended up also still having to go to work. So she got like an hour sleep on oh. Saturday morning. Had to go to work. Uh, luckily, her employees pulled in and like let her leave about 1230. Um, but she still, you know, barely any sleep. So I drove her to work, too, because she was just not up for driving. Um, and so I was tired because I only slept like four hours or five hours. Not She was definitely more tired. But then uh, yesterday, this is all Friday, Saturday, this is when we're, we're sleep deprived. And it's also my daughter's homecoming, um, which is at my school where I work. But uh, so we have to get her and her friends or we're driving them. We're getting pictures and stuff like that. Um, so we, we don't eat dinner until like eight o'clock or something like that. And, you know, we didn't prepare to cook. So we went to Chili's. And uh, so I'm like trying to fit exorcists in before I have to pick my daughter up at midnight for homecoming. So we get here at like 940 and I immediately start it. Like I, I'm like turning the TV on as we're walking in the door, like to start the movie. And I'm like panicking because I'm like, I need to leave here by like 1145 at the latest. And it's like 1140. And I'm like, please movie, don't make me pause you for t- like an hour to come finish four minutes. You know, like I was really worried it was going to end like that where I was going to have to pause at like the most climactic moment. And I got lucky and it ended just in time like it ended and then i'm like running and putting my shoes on and running out the door but um i i the all of that i think play, pays a part my wife watched most of the movie with me um she did fall asleep part way through not because of the movie again she slept maybe three hours uh saturday she slept an hour in the morning took a two-hour nap or something when she got off of work but still uh that is not enough sleep for most people um so she did fall asleep part way through but when i left to go get taylor uh, she was like, "You want? Are you sure you don't want me to go?" I'm like, "No, it's fine. Uh, just sleep." And when I got home, she gave me a lot of crap. She's like, "Never watch a horror movie with me and then leave me alone in the house." <laughs> so uh, it got to her for sure. Um, and she is, I would say, definitely has some of the beliefs um, that this movie deals with, which is why I was surprised she was willing to watch it with me. Um, she doesn't watch a lot of scary movies, anyways. No, because she knows herself, and I think yes. she had seen this one as a kid or something maybe not as a kid but i think she'd seen it and so she thought she could handle it and uh the, the one scene that we both have mentioned without details uh really bothered her like where she looked at me and i'm like i, I knew this like everyone knows the scene is in this movie because it's super disturbing like um i didn't remember what she did and said during that scene that really made it disturbing but um yeah uh i i i definitely like this movie um i was not as scared by it as I expected. I do have some uh, questions about narrative that I think could be the movie's fault or it could be all of those circumstances that I just talked about that have maybe... Because I, I wasn't on my phone, and I will say that this movie kept my attention. Like, But at the same time, I was distracted in, internally. You know what I mean? Like, I had a lot going on yesterday, so um, I am a little afraid I might have mis- misunderstood a few scenes or misinterpreted some scenes, but... Uh, there are some things that I'm not sure I completely understand on my first adult viewing of The Exorcist. So, um, I liked it. What would you say? Positive mainly or somewhere? Uh, positive mainly. I, I I love the music, though. Um, and it, yes. it's It's been used in so many, uh, like, parodies and knockoffs, of course. It was... It's maybe not tainted, but it definitely, like, it was eliciting other images. And I don't remember if it was Scary Movie 2 or one of the scary movies. I know James Wood plays 
the exorcist in a parody version of the the final scene in this movie and i could not i kept seeing max sit as james woods i'm like james woods looks so much like this guy like whatever movie he did the parody of um like looks exactly like him for the most part and i was really kind of thrown by that too because i definitely more remember the james wood parody than i did my first viewing of um the exorcist so i'm gonna look up what movie that probably was but uh yeah um i am happy that you mentioned the score because i love the score so much that i was looking to buy it oh um, wow yeah i mm, let's just go to spoilers all right, so folks, uh, Corey will tell you what to be careful of. Guys, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, uh, go check it out. Otherwise, we're going to be talking about it in great detail from here on out. You've been warned. I don't know, Corey, but maybe we should alternate who does it because you totally just set me up and I almost jumped right into it. <laughs> well, you've almost done it before when I didn't. I know, I but... I say whoever goes for it, whoever gets it done, whatever, we'll just move right. on. I mean, we, we've talked about you doing like just a pre-recorded one that we just cut into the episodes, but... Um, I, uh, that, that you threw me off cause you like set me up and I was like, Oh, am I doing it? Um, <laughs> no. so, um, I loved the score for it so much. Um, I didn't probably n- notice it as much until, um, after she's become possessed, but mm-hmm. definitely just played into the mood of the movie so well. Yeah. Um, it's really, really well done. And some of the, Watching, so I've read about some of the effects that they use in the movie before, and I find that that stuff very interesting. Like when she's like, uh, I don't even know what to call it, like jerking up and down on the bed, mm-hmm. um, the bed moving up and down and like shaking, and we all know that because it's the cover of most of the DVDs and Blu-rays that we see of um him standing in the fog under the street lamp and that in the movie that was so stunning it was amazing and there were a couple of other scenes but like the way that i've always seen it as an adult it was just like okay cool but like seeing it in the movie i was just blown away well um i agree completely with that and i'm gonna go back to cinematography for sure but I want to, uh, it was a scary movie too, I was right, um, that James Wood plays Father McFeely, uh, so I'm positive that's the the movie that I was thinking of, um, unfortunately, because uh, one, James Woods has become kind of a psychopath, and then two, um, that you, I hate thinking of a scary movie, like the scary movie movies, instead of the original content, but that, I've only seen The Exorcist as an adult this time, I was not an adult. I guess when scary movie two came out, but I saw it when I was sensible enough to remember it. Um, Mm -hmm. so, okay. A couple of my issues. One, uh, it starts off where my wife was like, is this the exorcist? Because it starts off with that archeology span like sequence. I know. And I don't remember that at all from when I watched it. I was only like 12. I think I was in the sixth or seventh grade, but I didn't remember that. And I thought too, that I was watching the wrong movie. Yeah. And now I saw one of the, the last ones that was like in the theater, like 14 years ago. I can't, I think it was one of the last ones. Um, I can't remember which one it was like the exorcist requiem or some crap like that. Um, and it had an archeology span thing in it. If I recall correctly. Now, um, father Marin, who is Max von Sydow, um, is in that sequence. 
and I don't fully understand it. Like, I don't quite know what its attachment is to the film. There is uh, the image of the statue, the devil-like statue, with, I think, a snake penis. Not sure, but I'm pretty confident that's what that snake was. Um, that shows up during the exorcism sequence uh, with, with Reagan. Like, it's in the room with him. Um, but he finds that little, like, the little piece of a statue that's like a snake head. There's the, they find the necklace that it appears that Father... Um, uh, Karis is wearing at some point, or at least a similar necklace. And so I don't know, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, I don't, those pieces don't all connect for me. And so I don't know if that's on me, or if that's the narrative that's just not clear. Well, uh, I don't understand, I don't feel like that beginning part of him at the dig is even necessary to the storyline. Well, like unless, they, the, it's that statue is important, and that's what I think I maybe not get. And yes. The and medallion. I, the they find Mm -hmm. but i feel like that's such a long drawn out like that beginning part is so slow and i feel like we all have heard about with like the egyptian digs and stuff with Mm -hmm. all the pyramids that people are cursed and people die after opening the tombs and i thought when he is walking through the town and then he sits down to have the wine or whatever he's drinking that he was about to die and it was like going yes. to show that part of it but he didn't die and then he's brought in to help with the the exorcism i don't know and I, then I was I, like well did he release that that's thing? what and yes yes i was expecting something like that maybe he released it because in constantine they find the spear that stabbed jesus and that is uh at a dig and then it like that spawns the uh the evil like being kind of thing so i was expecting something there is never an explanation given uh a hundred percent as to why Reagan is possessed. Um, there's hints. Uh, obviously if you've ever watched, I used to watch a lot of those like ghost hunter type shows. Um, like I can't remember. There was one that was like a, a group of college kids and they, it was paranormal something. And I really was into it for a little bit. And the, the common theme is demons find like people who are in bad situations or who are living, who are upset or like there's trauma. And the sequences were, uh, Ellen Burstyn's character Chris is like yelling about the the ex husband and and the whole like she's he's not going to call her on his movie. Like she's I, all over the place, but I can't stand her. She's she she is always kind of big though. She's a little big in Requiem too, but um, I think she's a little more subtle in Requiem actually. Even though that that performance is insane, um, but uh, I feel like we're supposed to get because maybe Reagan's like while her life seems privileged in a lot of ways, the trauma of her father and like the, the, the impact it's having on her mother maybe opens her up to possession. And can I tell you that I thought that maybe that the, who we end up finding out is a father um, at the end, the priest, I thought that maybe that was going to be her dad. I didn't mm. really, I didn't catch at the beginning that he was a priest. Somebody calls him father, but he's not wearing the the garb or anything. But someone specifically refers to him as father. Um, and also, I'm looking at the IMDb credits, so I see it's Max von Sydow, Father Mer- Marin. So I put that together. Um, but uh, the other thing, I guess, uh, was the Ouija board. And there oh. is a lot of legend of, around Ouija boards being, you know, like a, a portal for demonic spirits to exit hell or whatever. Um, and that was when that Ouija board showed up. I looked at Kathy because Kathy does not like Ouija boards. Like she Mm-mm. is so against them. And um, uh, and I'm superstitious. Like as soon as I pulled out that Ouija board, I'm like, "What are you doing?" And also, 
she is a young girl that is going through puberty mm-hmm. and that is something that um we're told often in possession movies is how like who gets oh, possessed really i didn't know that um i i don't think i've seen many of them they all come off either they freaked me out because of this one like i remember the exorcism of emily rose which i think i own but i've never watched um because i think that one got some praise i've seen um constantine does deal with exorcisms i keep referencing that it's a i think somewhat underrated keanu reeves movie um with rachel weiss uh who i'm a big fan of um and gavin rosdale and tilda swinton what just throwing that out there if you haven't seen constantine give it a chance there's some really good stuff in it um it's I think severe and Shia LaBeouf before he was crazy. So you know, give it a watch, guys. It's it's pretty damn good, and uh, it's not to the comics, mind you. Like it's not the Hellblazer you'll know from the comic books, um, but it's still really good. Anyways, um, I I didn't know that about the teenage thing, but obviously that plays a factor because she's constantly make when she is possessed, she's making lots of inappropriate sexual references. When the doctors first come in to see her, she does say, put it in me or something like that. And, like, she grabs her crotch area. Uh, very. I, I knew that she, like, masturbates with that, but I didn't expect it to be so violent. Yeah. No. Oh, what did I say? No, you uh, just said with that, but I was just cl- specifying yeah, what that was. The, yeah, um, I didn't expect it to be so violent and bloody, and then what she does with her mother yeah which i will say uh because this is from the movie she shoves her mother's face into that region you don't see it but she then says lick me and it was it was it's just all over her face then super disturbing um and i was yeah that 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 whole sequence was worse than i was expecting it to be like i knew it was there and i knew it was gonna bother me it bothered me way more um, and it definitely bothered my wife. That's when she gave me the look of like, what the hell did you make me watch? And I'm like, I didn't, I don't make you watch anything. No, I offer you ideas and you make a decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, that sequence was tough. Um, and there are of course the iconic sequence of like the, the throw up, which is so disgusting, but I believe it was pea soup pea and soup. something else. Um, that's so gross. Uh, and then her head spinning around, um, her, even when she pees on the floor, before she's like fully possessed and tells the guy he'll die um super upsetting and disturbing and it's so gradual uh the movie does a really good job i think with pacing um and again debatable about that opening sequence um i don't have an issue with it i do feel like i'm missing something but i want to get into what really threw me off and um i feel like we see father karis early early in the movie when they're uh, we find out Chris, uh, again, Ellen Burstyn's character, um, is an actress. And when she's shooting the film, they do this long shot where we're looking out from the people who are a part of the movie at, at the people walking by the film on Georgetown, and they show Father Karras. Mm-hmm. And then we see him what looks to be in New York City, or at least I thought it was New York City, and he goes to his apartment, and we see it's a really crappy neighborhood, and he goes into his uh, house, and it looks like it's just almost like a studio, but then he opens up, and there's this big room, and his mom's there. And he mentions, like, her mom's, his leg, her leg is hurt, and he says something to her about needing to put her somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to, we're back into it, and then we find out she's in, like, a nursing home, and she's it appears like she's being mistreated, but the nursing home looks real shoddy. There's it looks more uh, like an insane asylum than a nursing home. I thought home. that's what it was. But see, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Why is she in an insane asylum? Is it simply because they couldn't afford a nursing home? 
because the the brother her brother and his like uncle it, the uncle has taken care of the arrangements and he says something about money and so I just thought it was like a really bad nursing home um, that looked like an insane asylum, but like because it was all older people, so I thought maybe Alzheimer's dementia and they're just being mistreated, maybe not medicated. Um, but uh, the mom won't talk to him, and then we're told that he finds his mom dead. Yeah, that kind of seemed. I don't understand any of the, any of the time of that sequence, um, where that took place. If I'm maybe just not following something, uh, a lot of it felt confusing to me as how, like how much time had passed was it a flashback because then where reagan uses his mom's death against him and it's definitely recent enough the death was recent enough but those other sequences i don't know when those fell into the timeline it felt it didn't make sense to me and again i it could be me maybe i was distracted or maybe um maybe it was you know the time or whatever like just caught up with me i was too tired um but I was definitely thrown by some of Father Karras's lines, and uh, even how, like, I, I didn't love how it ended with him, um, because here's an interesting thing, Corey, I, if you click on the actor who played Father Karras, uh, Jason Miller on IMDb, uh, on his top four is The Exorcist 3. What? But he plays Patient X, so I don't know if that's just like, he's maybe it's like a cameo role, or he's just, you know, but it's in his top four. So that doesn't feel like it would be a cameo role, um, but I am curious is is Maybe how he is it flashbacks. It could be flashbacks. Definitely could be. Um, I you know I'm not sure. I, I'm kind of curious to see what what uh, role he has. Uh, obviously, um, horror sequels often suffer in quality, so it's a good chance that The Exorcist Three is not to the same level of film that this one is. But um, and then. We haven't even talked about like the murder plot uh, that involves the detective Lee, uh, played by Lee J. Cobb, um, a the guy who Reagan once asked her mom if she had a thing for, um, is is killed and he was left to watch Reagan, and it's uh, hypothesized and then I think ultimately confirmed but never a hundred percent like visualized that Reagan killed the guy and pushed him out the window. Well, and that because his head is turned all the way around yes and we've seen her use like brute strength a few times um clearly not the little girl uh but the father dies max sidow's character dies off camera we don't see what kills him just that he, uh father Karras returns and he is dead on the bed and the way reagan is sitting is so horrifying um she's sitting way too chill like yeah. up against the bedpost just like <laughs> smiling and it's freaky and um but Father Karras then, like, he goes kind of AWOL on the whole ritual and demands the demon enter him. And when it does, which, by the way, it's not just a demon. The demon claims to be the devil, which Karras points out as that's, like, claiming to be Napoleon Bonaparte. That's too specific um, and maybe, like, too big. Like, the devil doesn't possess people. Uh, but he demands that it enter him. It appears to. He goes to choke Reagan, but then jumps out the window uh resisting the possession um or at least taking the possession to its grave i guess um but then that doesn't make sense to me either because it could have easily left his body and then just gone back to reagan yeah that's and that in other movies and stuff i think that's exactly what would have happened um it we're led to believe reagan is is better after this uh they're moving away um 
Reagan's apparently not arrested uh, by the lieutenant. Um, we don't really, like, I guess they just unsolved, maybe Supernatural. I don't know how they write it up. Um, but that was a, a plot point that I didn't know was in this movie going into it, that there was, like, a murder plot, you know? Yeah. Because um, I, I totally thought the uh, the exorcism would be... I honestly thought the possession was more of the movie than it was. Um, it's a very gradual digression into her full possession. Uh, I didn't mean to rhyme that, but it did. And um, it's the makeup is really horrifying to me. Like her face all cut up, um, and the vo- even the like the demonic voices coming out of her. And for the most part, I'd say Linda Blair as a young actress does a really good job of being creepy and scary. Um, and I've heard, like, I, I feel like I've heard stories about her being kind of weird after this movie, which I, it'd be hard to blame her, because, good lord, what a role. Um, and how so, old was she when she filmed it? Because in the movie, she's only, she's turning, she just turned 12. Yeah, I don't know, um, I mean, I guess I'll have to do a quick, uh, math thing here, but, um, overall, I did enjoy this movie, and enjoy, you know, definitely a subjective term here, I don't necessarily mean, like, I'm like, ooh, how fun! But I can see why it is a beloved horror film, unlike some of those other beloved horror films that you and I have often uh, not seen. Yeah. Um, we've seen eye to eye, but not with the rest of the world. Suspiria being the one that really comes to mind every single time. I, and I'm wondering, do I even need to watch the remake? I mean, I don't really know. I actually hear the remake is completely different. And have you seen the trailer? Okay. No, I have it's, heard one of the tracks from it though. It's horrifying in the trailer. Like I am, oh. I'm kind of sold on it. Um, uh, it looks way different. Uh, other than the, it's a girl going to a dance school, that premise is the same. But I think like everything else is supposed to be kind of different. Um, it it the, even the trailer is like crazy violent, like body contortion, like body horror type stuff. It is, it's it's nuts. Like definitely check out the Suspiria trailer for the new one. Um, I, oh, Linda Blair, I was like, I forgot why I was back on this page. She was 14, so only a couple years older. Um, and, oh man, I didn't even, I almost forgot to bring up the scene at the freaking hospital, Corey, where they stick the thing in her neck, and it's just like spurting blood. Yes, I was like, what is this? What are they doing to this girl? And then I couldn't I guess it was old school CAT scan? That uh, I, I'm guessing that wasn't they weren't taking blood, but they were maybe injecting like iodine or something into her. Uh, but it starts I don't with know like what they were doing. They definitely plugged like into an artery. I don't know what the hell, but I was not expecting any of that. That was so tough to sit through. Um, the blood spurting it, everywhere. I was like, what is I, this protocol? I feel like I don't know. I really liked Father Karras a lot. Um, yeah, and showing him like wrestling with his faith and wanting to leave the church because he doesn't and I was very I'm sorry I don't think about Catholic priests outside of the church he's a boxer and mm-hmm. or was a boxer yeah he's they show him at the gym at a boxing gym though but he's... I think that's just to stay in shape I don't think he's like I don't think he's still competing yeah. no um and then learning that like he went through I don't know, to become a priest. And then the the church sent him to school to be a psychologist. And just all the doctors trying to, um, you know, cure oh, her scientifically. Has, I forget what all they were saying. Yeah, even yeah. The, the premise that they introduced the idea of exorcism as a placebo effect. Yeah. That if the person believes themselves to be possessed, then they could be cured by someone, you know, get out, you demon. Which... 
I mean, if you think of like the uh, the, I think it's, I can't think of what the term is, but like um, there are the the healers and stuff in some religions where they like they touch your head and be gone demons and like the people pass out and all of a sudden they're cured and things like that. I don't want to put. I'm not trying to poop on anybody's faith. If that, if you believe that happens, it just a lot of those seem like scams. They they want money in return for this cure. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy into that. That's again. If you do, I'm not trying to pass judgment on you. Maybe you've seen something that I have not. Um, but I am also often cynical about people who claim to be able to solve things uh, through ways that don't seem likely. Um, like a touch, mind you, or so the, the, but if, again, that could be placebo effect where if you believe it enough that you feel like you're better, um, especially if your ailment wasn't like maybe fully genuine, uh, which is the claim here. And that was kind of shocking because it gives you a cynical point of view of what exorcisms are like, cause think about Reagan maybe let's say let's say she's not really possessed now that's obviously the head spinning and the the skin coloration and the the green vial but you know the first time he puts holy water on her isn't holy water and she reacts like it is um implying like a psychological thing you know a placebo effect this is holy water it burns because it's holy water but it wasn't holy water but then she's speaking in tongues you know backwards and saying some messed up stuff that seems to bother uh, Karis quite a bit and then he's losing his faith right like he's losing his belief so at the end when he says demon come into me what if there is never a demon what if him saying that makes Reagan believe that it's left her and him taking it maybe like it's him committing to something that like he's been depressed he does feel guilty and so maybe it doesn't really leave him, but he takes that as his opportunity to get out, quote unquote, to deal with his own demons, to deal with his own, you know, and everything's just a metaphor, um, which most horror movies, everything is a metaphor, whether or not it's within the context of the film or not. I'm implying here that maybe the metaphor is actually in the film world, not just to be, uh, you know, nitpicked by us and, and separated, but what if she wasn't possessed? Again, we see some extreme visuals that imply there's no way she wasn't. But what if that's, again, we're, we're from the perspective of the people who believe it, that these things happen? Because it, they all happen behind predominantly closed doors. You know, not everybody witnesses her head spin around 360 degrees, you know? Um, just, a, just a thought, uh, again. And if not, then at the same time, I do think that's probably what the metaphor is. Um, for us to interpret, like what the actual film is saying, uh, you know, the themes that they're exploring are mental health and depression and things like that. Um, she's a divorced child. He has uh, parent issues as well. You know, obviously he has guilt over how his mom was treated. Uh, he feels responsible for her, her neglect and, and abuse. And what if he had been a more successful boxer? Maybe his mom wouldn't have needed to live in such poverty. Um, you know, there's a lot of parental issue themes going on in this film that I think I need to do a lot more dissecting on. But just, you know, 24 hours after watching it, those are my thoughts. I, yeah, I feel like there probably is a lot that we're missing. Um, and that's, I don't know, because we see when the other father, Marin. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and then when he like records her while she he thinks she's speaking in tongues, and then the other guy's like, "Oh yeah, she's speaking in a language. She's speaking in English," and then just plays it backwards. I'm like, "How did yeah. you know that?" Um, yeah, he, they don't but, explain how he knew that. He he just did. Which maybe you know I don't know. Um, I there must be people who just study. I mean, you know, um, I would think in the church too those like languages but and then when uh father Marin is in the room with her and i got i thought that he died of a heart attack because he goes to the bathroom and he's like excuse me for a moment father yeah and, he and then he takes a pills. pill yeah and then he goes back and he makes father care stay out of the room and he like sees reagan i think to the right and then that statue he sees the full-size statue mm-hmm. to the left of her yeah yeah well, and he took that pill back in Iraq too. Like we, they they established, he needs it for something. There's a extreme shakiness, so I didn't know if uh, maybe Parkinson's was what they were implying. Although I don't know that there's any pills that people on Parkinson's take, but oh his, yes, um, his hands shaky and whatnot. So I'm not sure um, what those pills were for. They definitely, I don't feel like they ever tell us, and I don't think a movie needs to tell us all those little details. We can definitely infer. They were obviously a prescription of some kind for some condition that he was suffering from. So the heart attack makes sense. Um, and again, though, I want to point out my theory that I just mentioned. What if she wasn't possessed? That heart attack could have happened with or without her being possessed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Reagan didn't kill him. It, like, maybe the, the stress of the moment killed him. And it was eerie how she was tied up. And with the strength of that demon has even that she stayed tied up for as long as she did was Mm -hmm. strange but then like you said she's like leaned back on the bed and she's obviously within just a few minutes become untied or not yeah or at least that's what we're shown and then again there's little things in the movie too um when uh when father karis first goes to meet her it she opens the drawer and he's like did you do that and she's like yes and he's like do it again and she doesn't like, you know, those, like, little things like that, maybe she never did, you know what I mean? Like, what if the drawer just came open? Again, maybe not in the way we saw, I don't know, I'm probably, I do this a lot where I question what reality of the movie is, and it's probably, most of the time, not the intent of the the director, it's just me hypothesizing some random things, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. I, it's, it's a movie that I definitely... I don't know that I want to revisit because there are those images that I don't think I want to see again, but there's a lot happening that I would like to, uh, to ponder more. I definitely, I want to talk to Matt now, um, who I know he watches this movie kind of regularly. It's one of his favorites. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know like how much, but I know at least annually he watches this film. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'd like to talk to him, maybe hear his thoughts on interpretations. And this is uh, the film's a classic, um, I I do know that it was the first movie to make uh, two hundred thirty million dollars domestic, Damn. um, in the box office, and then Jaws would beat it a few years later, um, but um, let me uh let's say um, what is our rating for uh, the Exorcist? I'm so torn. Well, I w- I'm gonna go torn. not quite golden um for myself. Uh, it, it definitely has the potential to be must-see. Um, it just... I don't know. I kind of am leaning that, towards must-see, actually, I guess. That, that's where I'm torn. I, it's so funny when we're both torn <laughs> on the same ratings. Mm-hmm. That's 
because I feel like even with some of the like the effects and some of the cinematography, it's definitely and it's iconic. I mean, it is. It's yes. one of those films again. And I don't want to point out Corey and I don't give the must see rating because a film is iconic as we both gave i think suspiria if we didn't go avoid like the plague we definitely went not a total waste of time like we were not into that movie um and again i see the aesthetic quality of that film or whatever but i just thought so much of it was cheesy um i just never got into it but uh that said i i am gonna go must see um this movie has again I wasn't as scared by it as I thought I was going to be, but I still thought it was a really well-executed movie. I think it does a lot of cool stuff. I do have those kind of questions and nitpicks, um, but nothing that I can't... uh, I feel like those might be on me, so I'm kind of giving the movie a little grace right now. I think I'm going to go with you. All right. see. Well, folks, that is our review of The Exorcist from 1973. Um, and I am confident we watched the original cut, not one of the director cuts. Although I am curious to find out if maybe I'm wrong. But from what I was able to check, the version that I bought was not listed as a director's cut. It's not listed as any kind of extended cut. So I feel like everything we saw was the way it was originally shown. Um, is there Maybe that's wrong. Though. Maybe we should have watched the director's cut. Sometimes I've heard you know different movies say the director's cut is better. Um, I'm curious now. Uh, I'm going to do some research after watching it now. But uh, for next week's episode, Corey, what have you picked? I picked Starry Eyes. And that's from 2014? I guess so. Yeah, it's not very old. Yeah, I, I, no, I thought it was older because the box art on uh, um, Voodoo looks older. Um, and the director's names, I am not going to say correctly because it's got one of those dots, two dots above the <laughs> O. So it's Kevin yeah. Kolsch. And Dennis Wildmeyer, uh, or, no, nope, sorry, no, there's no L, Widmeyer, um, I added a letter, uh, stars Alex Esso, Amanda Fuller, Noah Sagan, um, Fabian Therese, Shane Coffey, but, oh, here comes Pat Healy on the list, uh, who I am a big fan of, and I am pretty sure Nick Simmons is Gene Simmons' son. I don't know, but he looks a lot like Gene Simmons to me. Um, I could be wrong on that one, but... Uh, no, he, that is his dad. Nailed Did it. He go to... If you go to his IMDb, it's a picture of him with his dad. Oh, okay. See, I, I'm looking at this smolder look. I'm like, that dude looks like Gene Simmons. And sure enough, um, the premise of Starry Eyes, a hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous origins of the Hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. Um, ooh, this sounds a little Rosemary's Baby-ish. But... Ooh. Well, it's got a 49 Metascore, but only six reviews and a 6.0 imdb user score so we may be in for a mediocre movie or an excellent movie who knows um but nonetheless we bought it so let's watch it and uh that's what we'll be reviewing next week on burke reviews movie club um in the meantime you can go to burkereviews.com and read all of my reviews and listen to our back episodes of our podcast um if you like our uh, our show please rate and review us it helps other people find us and uh most importantly follow us on social media you can follow me at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star 2 R's on the end. So that is it for this episode. Uh, if you have any thoughts on anything we've said this evening, please hit us up. But until then, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movie verse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk 
or from all good podcast providers. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.